The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to bromleytownchurch.com. It's good to see you in the house of God. We've had a great time over this 36 hours. Actually, folks, sorry, an advert start off with something I need you for next week, okay? Next Sunday is the Churches Together in Bromley Week of Prayer of Christian Unity. And we, Bromley Town Church, are the host venue for the evening meeting at 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock next Sunday. Okay, let's start that again, because there's too many, there's a lot of shocked faces out there. There's a lot of shock going on in the house. Next Sunday, we're going to come to church at 10 o'clock. Hallelujah. Yeah. And we're going to come back at 6 o'clock. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's it. Thank you, Mark, for that. That's the one time we need a bit of yay from the front. <laughs> yeah, I, really, I want to encourage you to come along. Okay, there's going to be other church leaders from the other churches in Bromley. We're a key player, if you like, in what is going on in Bromley, trying to bring the churches together. And we need an atmosphere here to help them. Because we've got some songs that we know, but not all of them know. And so I don't want to be the only one singing, see? <laughs> so, choir, I love your sound of your voices, but if I can encourage you to come along next Sunday, evening, it's only going to be for an hour and a quarter, it's not going to be a long service, but it will be a blessed time. And we just want to bless the other churches by being here and having a warm atmosphere for them to come to. So if you could put that in your diaries and make a point of being here, I, for one, would be very grateful. Jesus would be very grateful, I think. But I haven't asked him about that yet. But I think he would be very grateful that you're here to support that. The other churches would be very grateful as well. Um, praise God. Now, last week we started looking at this series, Heaven Bound. What are we, a few weeks into the new year? How's the resolutions going? Just take a little scan, a few nods there, that's good. See old Tim at the back there, he's on track, yeah? You on track, Tim? Good man. Some others may not be on track, and I don't want you to feel like everything has gone wrong. I want to encourage you, no matter what has happened to your resolutions, no matter what sort of a week you have been through, no matter what is going on in your life at the moment, no matter what prospects are heading, uh, you're facing, even if that is what we might term as serious, really serious, sickness or anything like that. I want to tell you, if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, you have a destiny in heaven that is secure for you. Amen. And it's something that we need to talk about because it's something that we don't talk about. I like to preach about heaven and hell. I like to preach more sometimes about hell than heaven because it's what we want to keep people away from. But you know what? We need to talk also about where we're going. We need to find out more about our destiny. Because, you know, I have discovered in doing this preparation for this, I had thoughts and I thought, well, actually, it's just going to happen. So sort of like, forget about it. But the more you understand about it, the more you think like, this is going to be good. And it's important for us to have that in us because all of us face the ups and downs of life. 
And when we're going through the downs of life, you know what? There is a strength that comes to us because, you know, this isn't the final destiny of our lives. This is just a passing mist that we're going through here. It's a short passage of time, but our eternal destiny is to be with God in heaven forever. And it will be a blessed place. It'll be a place that's really encouraging. Jesus said in John 14, verses 1 to 3, which we looked at last week, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there. I am going there to prepare a place for you. Jesus is interested in you and he's interested in making sure that there is a place for you that is ready and prepared. And if I go, he says, and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Jesus wanted us to have security. He wanted us to know and to tell us, look, I don't want your hearts to be troubled. If anything, I don't want you to be troubled. I want you to be excited. I want you to be encouraged. In my Father's house are many rooms. It's not like the stable, you know, Jesus having to go to the stable because Mary could find no room in the inn. It's not that we're going to be shut out. It's that there is a room there for you. I don't know whether it's an ensuite, okay? I don't know, for those of you who are worried about that, but there is a room that has been prepared for us, for those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, I use that because that is the actual reference that's used in terms of our entry to heaven. And getting your name into the Lamb's Book of Life is about whether you have put your trust in Jesus Christ alone for the salvation of your life, for the forgiveness of your sins. If we do that, as it were, if we, we walk over a line of salvation, there's a time sometimes when we, we don't, am I saved? I, I, I'm interested in Jesus I don't know all about these things, and it's not that we have to know all about it, but there comes a point, and there must come a point, when we are making a decision, I am following Jesus. I'm committing my life to Jesus. And it's like walking over a line. You step over a line. And you know what? When you step over a line, you know that something has changed. And Jesus wants us to know that something has changed. When we commit our lives to him, he wants us to have security in the salvation that he gives to us. For him, he writes our names in the Lamb's Book of Life. That is the most precious thing that we can have because that alone is our security for heaven. Jesus has made the way, but our names being written in his book is an assurance. Now, if we were to die tonight, then the destiny that we would be going to would be called the present heaven, not the final heaven, the present heaven. We looked at this very briefly last week, and we understand that because... The final heaven is the eternal heaven, and that will be on a new earth, and the new earth is not here. Let's just read Revelation 21, 1-4. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. This is talking about the final heaven, which is placed on a new earth. 
more of that in a moment or two. But this is the final heaven. So for us to get, if we were to go to heaven tonight, where would we go to? We go to present heaven. That is the place where heaven is at this moment in time. Well, what can we learn about this present heaven? What can we learn about this present heaven? Where is it? Well, what we know, rather than pointing straight up to the sky, what we know is this. We know it's not on earth. Because we're here on earth. But what we do know is that it's in an angelic realm. So it's in a different place than we are. Now, I know that's not particularly helpful or descriptive, but I'm just trying to help you along the way of what we know. It's not on earth, but it is in an angelic realm. And at this temporary place... Are we going there just to sleep? Because it's a temporary place and we talk about it as being temporary because there is a final heaven, Jesus will return and then there will be a new heaven and a new earth and that will be our final heaven destination. Our final heaven destination isn't in heaven as in we're thinking about something up there. Our final destination will be on a new earth. And what's more, God will come down to us and where his presence is, it will be heaven. It will be wonderful. So it will be on a new earth. But for this temporary place, and when you think about it as being a temporary place, well, perhaps it's just a place of midterm rest. Perhaps it's a place of slumber. So are we going to be alive there, or are we just going to be sleeping? Are we just going to be fast asleep? The news is, I believe we will be alive. We will be alive in this temporary in this present heaven. And the reason I say that is that Jesus said to the thief on the cross, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. He didn't indicate that there would be any slumber. And Paul said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. When we die, our spirit departs from our body. The physical part of us certainly remains, and we could say the body is asleep, Because you can shake a dead body, and I don't want to be irreverent here, but you could shake a dead body and there's no response. The body is definitely sleeping. But the spirit leaves the body and it goes to, well, that is, of course, if their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, then it will go to the present heaven. We can also look at the parable in the Bible of Lazarus and the rich man. And there's a story there of Lazarus when he was on earth. He was poor and there was a rich man. And then it takes us to a place to see that Lazarus himself, although he was poor on earth, he goes to be in heaven. And when we read that parable, it's not that he's sleeping in heaven. He is alive in heaven. He can see and he can hear things in heaven. And also we have this to to prompt us to believe that we will be alive in the present heaven. Jesus, when talking to the Pharisees, And they were asking him questions about the resurrection. And Jesus said to him, but now, as to whether there will be a resurrection of the dead, haven't you ever read about this in the scriptures? Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, God said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living, not the dead. He's the God of the living. So it's not like, oh, died, fast asleep. And I'm waiting till the new earth, till Jesus' resurrection. I go to this present heaven and I am alive in this present heaven. Now we want to ask another question here. Is this present heaven, and we said it's in an angelic realm, well where is that angelic realm? Now again, it's not as though I can speak to you with full assurance about this. But I believe 
that is actually almost not far from here. It's part of the present universe. And the reason I say that is this. When Stephen was being stoned, they were... They were gathering around him. They were about to stone him from what he had been saying. So the Jews were literally throwing stones at him. And he starts to look up to heaven. And as he's being stoned, he says, I see heaven open. I see heaven open. So there was something that literally that he saw, and I see the Son of Man. So it was like something, a veil had been broken. And now what we can't see, he could see. It reminds me also of the situation where Elisha was with his servant Gehazi. And Elisha was with his servant, they were in a town, and the king of Aram had sent his troops to catch Elisha because Elisha kept on giving information about the enemy's position as the army's position, and nobody knew how. Elisha was picking it up from what God was telling him. But the army was angry with him. So the king of Aram sent the whole of his troop to go and surround the town of Dothan, where he and his servant was. His servant wakes up in the morning, looks out the bedroom window. All around the town, there's thousands of troops. So he's thinking, like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Now, Elisha was much more cool. He says, it's fine. And, and his servant said, but look at all the troops. I, I'm adding a little bit here, okay? So just go and quote me exactly. I'm adding a bit to scripture just to give the scene. His servant says, like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Elisha says, open his eyes, Lord, that he might be able to see. And what happened was Gehazi's eyes were open and suddenly behind all these troops, he saw thousands of angels and flaming chariots because this was the army of God that was also there. And you see, there was an opening of a veil, an opening to another realm that was possible for people on the earth. Two people had seen it. And I believe that this present heaven is is near to us. I don't believe it's that far away, but it's in a realm that we can't see. There's something that is hiding us from it. But I believe it's within the creation that God has also given to us. It's not that far. How can we gain an insight into some more facts or understanding of this present heaven. Well, if we were to go to Revelation 6, which we're going to now, we do get some understanding of what has happened. This particular passage, it speaks of those who have been martyred for their faith on earth, and they have gone to heaven. So what this is talking about is those who have been killed for their faith, so they're believers, they've been killed for their faith on earth, but now they are in this present heaven. So we get a picture of what is going on there. I'm reading to you from Revelation 6, starting at verse 9 through to verse 11. When the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of all those who had been martyred for the word of God and for being faithful in their testimony. They shouted to the Lord and said, O sovereign Lord, Holy and true, how long before you judge the people who belong to this world and avenge our blood for what they have done to us? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and they were told to rest a little longer until the full number of their brothers and sisters, their fellow servants of Jesus, who were to be martyred, had joined them. So here we're getting a picture of those people who have been martyred for their faith and they have now gone to heaven and they are alive in heaven. And from this passage, I'm just going to make some observations that can encourage us. 
It says when these martyrs have been killed on earth, they didn't relocate to some sort of holding station, they relocated to heaven. They were in heaven, they were alive in heaven, again. So we believe, I believe, that people are alive in heaven. They have a consciousness there. It says that the souls in heaven were recognized as the same ones killed on earth. The martyrs that have been killed on earth, they were recognized for who they were in heaven. So there is an identity that we have on earth. We know that identity, but it would seem that there is knowledge of who we are. There is an understanding exactly of who we are in heaven. They seem to be recognizable by their identities. The people in heaven are remembered for their lives on earth. So it would seem that in heaven, people understand, oh, I understand what you did and the things that you did. Uh, there's somebody just at the door if you just want to help them there. Um, people are... Hallelujah. People in heaven are remembered for their lives on earth. So the people up there and the people around them, they will have understanding of what's going on. They will understand what they did on earth. Now, I'm thinking particularly of your mum in this situation. Some of the things that she did, seamstress and all that sort of stuff, I believe that's known in heaven. The things that we've done, it's not that, oh, your life accounted for nothing here. There's things that are known about us. And we're known for who we were on earth. We're known in heaven. It says that the martyrs in heaven, they called out, they shouted to the Lord. Now that means that they were able to express themselves and that audibly. And it probably means that they also had a physical form. Now, I'm not quite sure about the form that we have. There's no doubt that we rise as a spirit. There's understanding that there's recognition. I don't know what exact form, whether we have a sort of a, a halfway body or a body like this. Or I, I don't know the answer to that. But it does appear that people have a physical form. The fact that they could raise their voices would indicate that they are emotional, passionate beings just the same as we are here on earth. The people in the present heaven know what is happening on earth. Now, I find that interesting. I have to say to you, I am taking these things and finding understanding. It's not that I am calling all of these absolute factual. But what we're seeking to do is to gain an understanding, is to gain something beyond which we know. It's not that we're going to go and preach, oh, this is exactly what it's like, but we have an understanding that we are more informed in ourselves and therefore we can understand. Why? Because all of this should bring to us strength and encouragement. I'm encouraged to think that my Father is in heaven. He is alive and He is knowing what is going down on the earth. He may be in spirit form. He may have a body form. I believe the people around Him will know Him for who He was on earth. And they will be blessed by him. But he is still looking down on us, on me, here upon the earth and seeing what is going on. I'm encouraged with that. And it encourages us also to know that those who have gone before us, whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life, can be encouraging. Because the martyrs in heaven, they were concerned about justice on the earth. They wanted to see justice being done. There is a sense in which we may there's a sense in which what we feel here is still going on in heaven. Lord, let there be justice. In heaven, they have an understanding of the attributes of God. They're calling him holy. They understand who God is. There's, a, there's something that is connecting them, something that they can see of God that is far greater than we are experiencing here. They have that in this present heaven. 
And it's also true to say when we reflect back on that passage, the martyrs can clearly remember their lives on earth. It's not a case of our minds being white blank. I know that there's a film, I can't remember, I think it's, I can't remember the name of the film, but the prospect of this film was that somebody, you could get your mind, all your memories, wiped away. And the idea of the film was that the person had been in a relationship and... No, it's not Toko Rico. <laughs> Eternal Sunshine. There you go. Say so that again, Johnny? Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. I'm not necessarily recommending you see the film. I just remember it off the top of my head here. <laughs> but the, pro- the thing was that the idea that this guy had been in a relationship and it had all gone nasty, didn't want to remember that, or you could go to a doctor and get your mind blanked out and then start again. But you couldn't remember anything back in the past. It's not like that. It's not like that. They were remembering what their lives were like on earth. They were remembering that in heaven and they were calling upon God. God, will you bring justice? Will you bring justice on the earth? There is a sense in which there is a cry of prayer up in heaven that is going on. Those in heaven are given a white robe. Again, that would indicate they've got something, a body to hang it on. Okay, that would indicate that. Those in heaven or rather God answers questions in heaven, indicating that we are not going to know everything when we get there. There's that sense in which we think, like, well, we'd be like God, and we'll know everything about everybody. It would indicate not, because the martyrs are asking God questions and asking him for information. How long? When is this going to be? There's things they don't know. So there's a quest for understanding, and that would indicate that we wouldn't know everything there is to be known there. God promises to fulfill the martyrs' requests, but he says to them, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. It would appear, therefore, there's time there. There's the understanding of time. As I have said to you already, I can't qualify all of these facts, but I'm trying to give us an indication and an understanding that by looking at Revelation 6, where we can see those who were alive on the earth but have now been martyred for their faith and have gone to this present heaven, there are things that we can notice about them that would give us indications of what that present heaven is going to be like. So that's looking at present heaven. Let's take a look now at the future heaven. I've called it the future heaven because it's obviously yet to be established. It's obviously yet to come. We're waiting for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Well, what do we know about the future heaven or what we could call the eternal heaven? What we know is that it's not a spiritual bubble. It's not just pie in the sky. It is going to be located, as we have already mentioned, on the new earth that we read about in Revelation 22. But perhaps a question that we can ask about that is this. Will that new earth be newly created or will it be this earth fully redeemed? Will it be a newly created earth or will it be a fully redeemed earth? It would appear that it is a fully redeemed earth. Now, when I was looking at this, and let me give you some scriptures first. Acts chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost. And he says this. He says, Then times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. That's the second coming. 
Verse 21, for he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things. Notice that word, restoration. It's being made new. When you restore a picture, you don't go to a new picture, you go to an old or an existing picture and you restore it into fullness of life. The earth was created perfect. In the beginning, everything was wonderful. God looked at everything and he was pleased with what he had seen. And when he made mankind, he was very pleased with what he had seen, what he had made and what he had created and what was there. He was very pleased. But as soon as sin comes, it mars. And sin affects not only ourselves, but sin has infected all of creation. And when we talk of Jesus as being the Redeemer, we talk about that in terms of how he has brought salvation to us. Redemption is buying something back from its captivity, restoring it back to its original position. When we're seeing that Jesus is our Redeemer, we think of that just in terms of salvation, but Jesus is the redeemer of all creation, of all creation. And Jesus himself said something similar about the restoration of all things. In Matthew 19, verses 27 to 28, he said, Peter answered him, he says, we have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? And Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, at the renewal of all things... When the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. You see, he's talking about the renewal of all things. We have global warming, we have concerns about the planet, and it's absolutely right that we should be concerned and we should be seeking to take steps to actually have the best environment that we can have, not only for ourselves, but for those generations that are yet to come. But there is coming a time when Jesus Christ is coming again. That will bring the end of existence on this earth. After that time, there will be a judging. There will be a final separation for the final hell and this final heaven. This eternal hell, this eternal heaven. There will be a separation from that. That happens after Jesus returns. And when he returns, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Now that could be a fully redeemed, a fully restored, a fully back to the Garden of Eden type of experience that was in the beginning, God is going to restore all things. And there is going to be a beautiful place for us to go to. What sort of state are we going to have on that on that? new earth. As it is a physical place, I believe we will have a physical state. But Paul talks about a resurrection body. And he says, with the resurrection body, it's sown, so it will be with the resurrection of the dead, he says. The body that is sown is perishable, we know that. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. Are you liking this new body you're going to get? I'm liking it quite a lot, actually. It's sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So I know from that scripture, Paul is saying there is a spiritual body. Now, is that spiritual body a super upgrade of this physical body, or is it just spirit? I, I think we're going to be physical beings on a physical earth. Our spirits will come back to an identifiable body. So... 
um, I'm not exactly sure what Paul means by that spiritual body, but I'm just including it for your information. Let's give some clues to the nature of this future, this eternal heaven. Cities. Scripture mentions cities. In Hebrews 11, verses 8 and 10, it says, By faith, Abraham, for he was looking forward to the city with its foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And in Hebrews 13, verse 14, it says, For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Now, do we understand about cities? Yeah, we do. Why? Because, because we live in cities. We're used to cities. Had you ever thought of there being a city in heaven? I was thinking more about the cloud and the harp. No. You see, there's going to be a city. And when we think of that, you can think like, actually, this could be a place I could relate to. This could be a place I could go to. This could be a place where I could have fun and enjoy myself. Last week, I gave that quote uh, where somebody was saying like, oh, no, I hope heaven isn't going to be like church services every week. Oh, no, every day. Because that was his understanding of what he was going to. But when we started saying, well, in heaven, there's city. There's cities. And we understand cities. Cities are a place of life. Cities are a place of culture. Cities are a place of art. Cities are a place of vibrancy. Cities are a place where you buy and sell things and exchange goods. There's life. There's fun. There's activity in cities. There will be cities in heaven. Scripture mentions countries. In Hebrews 11 verse 16, it says, Instead... And this is talking of the men and women of faith of Hebrews 11. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Now, again, I understand that I'm taking Scripture, but I'm taking what is written in Scripture and saying to us, hey, think about this, because we've never thought about it. I'd not thought about cities. Oh, Jerusalem, the holy city, made of glass, whatever. I don't understand that. Switch off. That would be a little bit of my thinking. But now I'm thinking, wow, this could be a really exciting place to go. You know what? why it's an exciting place? There won't be smog in this city. Okay? There won't be violence in this city. There won't be crime in this city. There won't be tears. There won't be any sadness in this city. Because God will be in this city. And God will be among his people. And he will encourage us. And for countries, if it's mentioned as a country, what do we understand about countries? The main thing we understand about countries is that people love their own countries. And when they come from different countries, they have different aspects of culture, different ways of dressing, different ways of representing themselves. There's a difference about it. Could this be telling us that there are also those types of encouraging things? It's great when we celebrated the fact that there were many nations here. We love the fact that we are a diverse community because we can learn from one another. Wow, what in heaven? Yes, it's a diverse community. It's not that everybody is the same. Oh, what are you wearing? I'm wearing white today. <laughs> Everybody's wearing the same. Uh, well, how's your heart? Same as yours, gold. <coughs> you know, what's, it's not like that. There's going to be vibrancy. There's going to be life in this place. Landscape. Now, landscape is not specifically mentioned in Scripture, but for the thought, if it's going to be a fully upgraded earth, are we expecting all the mountains and the seas to disappear? 
The mountains and the valleys, I believe, will be here. The flowers and the trees, I believe they will be here. It won't just be a desert place. It won't just be the cloud and nothing else to look at. I believe there will be more. There will be landscape there. It says in Revelation 14, verse 13, there will be rest. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, yeah, I think actually most of us would enjoy rest, actually. Praise the Lord. It's not all work. Hallelujah. We will be able to rest. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. They will rest from their labor. So there will be rest. There will be no night. There will be no night. Revelation 22, verse 5. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. I don't know what it's going to be. No night? How, does that mean that the earth is not spinning? I don't know. But I know this, that God and his light, and if he gives us rest, it won't be that we won't be able to have a rest. It won't be that we're worn out. I'm worn out with singing that worship song. No, it's okay. There's going to be times of the presence of the Lord, which will be wonderful, and there will be times of worship, but there will be no night because the Lord is going to be light to us. It says that we will serve the Lord. Revelation 22, verse 3, No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. We're not going to be unoccupied. Now, I don't know whether there's going to be a city and there's going to be lots of jobs and we're going to have different jobs, but there won't be, there won't be competition as there is here. There won't be people undercutting. There won't be any unfair behavior because all of that has been removed. There will be joy in serving and there will be the wonderful unity of the people of God being in the presence of God and enjoying his presence forever. I believe there's going to be a lot more vibrancy in heaven than we actually thought. And in truth, if you're like me, you probably haven't thought about it very much. Guys, you can come back. And I know that, as I've already said, I don't know every detail. Some of what I've said, I am actually pushing this on what I'm reading in Scripture and gaining understanding. But I believe it gives us a good insight to what has been happening and what will happen. But what I know is this, if we start to think of these things, it starts to raise the prospect of heaven and what it means in our hearts. And I don't know about you, but when we go through tough times, it's good to look forward to something. It pulls us forward. It gives us encouragement. It gives us understanding. It's great to think that those who, have lo who we've lost here that have gone to be with the Lord, that they are with the Lord. They are alive. They can see the things on earth. They do understand the things that are happening down here. They are crying out for justice upon the earth. There is a sense in which they are the great cloud of witnesses that have gone before us, that are spurring us on, and they're cheering us to go. And yet we will see them, and we will know them, and we will be with them when Jesus returns again, and he comes and makes a new earth where we will go to be with him in heaven. It's interesting when you read about the new earth, it says that John looked up and he saw the new Jerusalem coming down from the sky. I, I take that, that is like 
the present heaven is now being plugged down into the eternal heaven. Where we are staying at the moment, where our, our loved ones are, that will be coming down to this newly created earth and God will be with us and we will know him and he will help us and he will strengthen us. Heaven is a place where the will of God is always done. There's a place, it's a place of perfect delight, perfect delight in doing that will. There's not going to be any obstinacy or fighting against it, but there's going to be delight for us to be able to do the will of God. There's a lot more to this future heaven than I had really thought about. And I hope that in some of the things that I've said to you, that it encourages you to think that there is a city with a place waiting for you so that you may go and be with the Lord there forever. Not everything is going to be painted white. You haven't necessarily got to learn to play the harp, but I believe the worship in that place will be absolutely outstanding. Our hearts will be drawn towards his presence. The light of his glory will shine around us and our hearts will be full of joy and full of peace before the one who has saved us and redeemed us and the one who will bring us to that place. Praise God for that. For those of us whose names are written in the book of life, it says that we are citizens of heaven. Throughout scripture, time and again, it says that uh, you know, we are aliens upon the earth, but we're going home to where we truly belong. We are citizens of heaven. And again, you see the word city there. That is where we will be. And often, so ever, like, whenever you, sh you, you introduce yourself to someone new, the thing that comes up is, is who you are and where you come from, where you grew up, uh, the nation that you're a part of, where you're from exactly is what, what we ask. But as believers, as followers of Christ, we belong to Jesus Christ. We belong to Lord God Almighty. We are citizens of heaven. It says in 1 Peter 3 verse 18, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. There'll be people here who are not certain that they are citizens of heaven, not certain that their name is written in the book of life. And we want to give you opportunity. You've heard of what a, a glimpse of what heaven will be like. And, and here we hear that, 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 that Christ, he suffered and died so that you could be brought home to your heavenly Father, to God Almighty. Amen. There's opportunity this morning for anyone that desires to receive prayer for the forgiveness of sins so you can be brought home to God. So your name could be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Our response team will be here to receive you um, as we sing this next song. Um, Pastor Jonathan, Clive and Kevin will be here to receive you. Um, if you'd like to um, give your life to Christ, to accept the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, the salvation, the rescuer, the deliverer. He wants to bring you safely home to God. We've had a glimpse of what the glory of heaven will be like. 
and we want to live with the hope that when we die, I know exactly where I am going. When I die, I know exactly that my Father is calling me into His presence, for I belong to Him. And may that be for you also. As we sing, the opportunity is to come forward. Um, the, The guys will be here ready to receive you and we'll begin to pray with you.